Wooey! We've done four weeks of Summer Slash. It's Summer Slash 4. It has four weeks. I wonder if we planned that. Maybe. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. It's been a Summer Slash Horathon. Hashtag Summer Slash. It's winding down. Uh, spoiler alert. Jordan survived. There was this rumor last week that maybe, you know, the marathon <laughs> consumed you, Jordan. And I'm going to come out. <laughs> She's here. No. Um... I have no good stories right off the top. I guess we could talk about the weekend or not. We don't want to incriminate anybody. Um, David's ready for the summer. He's already got his flip-flops packed for a trip. Doesn't even want to podcast anymore. I'm just going, guys. I'm going on a trip. See you, David. Good luck. I'll watch the moves with Jordan. <laughs> take my beach ball and go home. I actually, I want to ask my co-host of this run, um, what has been the best of this year's lineup? That's, that's how we'll kick it off. Can you um, name all titles first so I have a refresher? Sure. Let me see if I can remember what they are. Neon Maniacs was week one. Week two, Time Crimes. Week three, Fear Street 1994 on Netflix. Tonight's movie is called The Vagrant. And tonight's movie can be your pick, but we just won't talk about it. We'll just, you can just say, like, yeah, that's my pick or not. Okay. I loved how trendy, like, last week's was but i think mm. the vagrant is my favorite out of all four hot damn all right yeah suspense yeah. for later in this episode <laughs> dave you're next are you lost in thought no no <laughs> oh, yeah, he, like, yeah he's like pondering it he's like how do i how do i make the selection because <laughs> i'm because i'm stuck because technically Time Crimes is probably my favorite movie of the run that we've seen, but I don't know if I want to call it a slasher. If we're going to stick to the rules of slashing, I'm going to say Vagrant. Um, Fair. So, yeah. Wow, I didn't know Dave was going to challenge whether or not Time Crimes was a slasher film weeks later. <laughs> he didn't bring it up when, when we podcast. I think we talked about it at that time because when we came to Favorite yeah. Slash, like, well, uh, there's really only one death <laughs> and one cut. Oh boy! This is how we play conflict off on the show. Correct we play themes. I agree. <laughs> oh, it didn't work. It didn't for a work. Second. So my joke didn't even land. All right, forget it. I won't play it. I'll wait. Um. Okay. Uh, it's a toss-up. I like Neon Maniacs. I had fun with that. But every year I look for a movie that could be like worth Summer Slash and also isn't necessarily the first thing you would find, right? Like if you're Googling slasher movies. So tonight's movie might be, might be it for me. Like also I was really nervous about being able to find something this year because we watched so many things on this podcast. It's like some lists are harder than others, but the vagrant I think is a perfect entry for summer slash. So we'll find out. Uh, here's some trivia. The Meeper is played by David Rogers, who you can hear on the Binge Watchers podcast every week. Actor, comedian, extraordinaire, writer. 
Sometimes they make lists for us. It brings us dangerous details of these movies that we watch. Um, speaking of some of these movies, actually in headlines this week, it's the 40th anniversary of The Thing, 1982, by John Carpenter. Of course, that stars Kurt Russell, Keith David, Wolford Brimley, of all people, was like, guys, we got to figure this out. <laughs> There's a thing, and it's killing everybody. It's turning into them, and then it's killing the rest of us. It's trying to survive, just an organism on its own, lost in the wilderness, which you kind of feel bad for. It's just a little parasite trying to survive in the Arctic cold. Doesn't know any better. Doesn't know what it's doing. It's like a toddler, but it rips people to pieces. You know, a toddler with a killing instinct. Um, have you seen the thing, Jordan? Have not. I love this answer. You go to Jordan. She hasn't seen it. You can almost count on it. This is really fun. I know. And she's like, worse. I'm on the spot again. This and we're gonna, gonna like, we're gonna do like anxiety disorder or something. <laughs> It'll give you like PTSD. It's like. It's coming. He's about to ask me if I've seen this movie. <laughs> the table. Pretty much just waiting for it at this point. I'm like, oh, uh, dang. okay. Yeah, not good. I've got a um, It's really a good. It's on like everybody's top 10 horror movie list. Was it last year, David, that we did the remake comparison between the thing and the 50s thing? It was last year, right? Was it last year or the year before? Anyway, yeah. in recent podcast yeah. memory, we did an episode comparing the two thing movies, and you can go take a look at it listen to it um also 40th anniversary of conan the barbarian which i know is one of david's favorite fantasy movies and he can't wait to rewatch it this year right david i actually don't hate that movie oh. although i i'm in a weird camp your story where I... in 2022 although i actually like conan the destroyer better i'm in that weird camp oh yeah me too we'll get jordan's take on conan the barbarian next yeah. month tune in for that um, good timing for the 40th anniversary. Jon Snow is getting a spinoff show from Game of Thrones. Okay. Can we have more details? Because I'm super curious. Like, So it is a sequel. It happens. It takes place after the main series. If, I, if you guys remember, if you watched Game of Thrones, he and the Free Folk, who are also called the Wildings, I think, with uh, the big guy with the red beard, Torn Giant Spain, he rides away with Jon Snow. After Jon Snow's let out of prison... Because he technically killed the queen of the kingdom, but she was going to burn everybody. So he's like, ah, I'm tired of this. And he executed her, and then he got thrown in jail. Then they let him out of jail. They pardoned him, only to go back to the wall and be another, like, watcher on the wall. You know, go back to the Night's Watch and be, like, a indentured soldier. But, you know, his people were waiting for him. And so they ride off into the great wilderness, you know, which is whatever. He had the best ending. He had one of the best endings in the show. So, you know, um, and if you like the books, he was the prince that was promised after all. <laughs> That's the prophecy anyway. Um, listen, I was excited when I heard the news. I mean, as uh, long as they have Kit in it, I'm good with that. Like, yeah, I supposedly they're in talks with Kit Harrington to come back as Jon Snow. They have to, or else I'm yeah. not watching it. That's all I have to say. But who hasn't? We've all seen Game of Thrones, right? All okay. three of us have seen. Okay, all right. I was wondering if I was talking to myself or you guys were following along and knew what I was yeah. talking about. Right. See, I like it's fantasy. I like Dragons. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. See, I'm, I'm, I know. I, I, me and my wife were talking about doing a whole series watch of uh, Game of Thrones again, before, leading up to that. But I'm a little behind if I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well, you can just watch like the best now. of. 
What's that? Sorry, I interrupted you. I was you. just saying, I'm like, yeah, if you wanted to get through the entire series, like, you got to start now. Because, like, you know, you only have, like, two months. Two months? Yeah. Well, I had it planned out. If I started it at the beginning of June, I could have watched an episode a night, but I'm, like, already way past that. Oh, well, you're talking about House of Dragons, right? Which is the prequel that's coming yeah. out in two months. Jon Snow's probably, like, six months away, four months away. Um, is it? Did they give a date as when it's coming out, or is it just a? No, we're like a nego- It's like negotiation time. Like, hey, what is it going to cost for Kit Harrington to come back and play his most favorite character of all time? Like, he's kind of stuck. Like, he played this legendary character that's like a Superman level character, right? Like, Jon Snow is like a legendary character now, and then he he like went and explored being in other TV and other movies, and it didn't work. You know, he's like locked in, like Christopher Reeve. You know, like this is it, man. <laughs> like. We only want you to do this one thing. Right. Like, or forever. like Daniel Radcliffe. Like, you know, he's Harry Potter yeah. forever. Even though he did yeah. some good stuff. But I'm just, you know, he's still going to be Harry Potter forever. So but I'm excited that he's going to play uh, Weird Al Yankovic in the Weird Al Yankovic story. Like, that's, I'm super excited for that. But he has a similar problem. He'll always be Harry, he'll always be Harry Potter. Yeah. Always. <laughs> like, Dave froze again. I love when Dave freezes. He just, it's like he's thinking about things really hard and then can't get his thoughts out. I know. Um, I was like, he actually was thinking earlier when I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't think. He's just a reaction guy. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear about Joker 2? Because in Joker uh, 2, do you know about this? No, I was just reading your whole, you know, your your headline. And I was like, yeah. okay, like that could be cool. I mean, I like Lady Gaga in anything. Yeah, so they're in talks like to make Joker 2 with Lady Gaga playing Harley Quinn, but they say it's a musical. I'm like, well, that'd be great. If she has like a shared hysteria with Joker and they think they're living inside of a musical, but it's normal for everybody else, but in their minds, they're just like warped and crazy, right? So that would be really, the contrast of that could be really fun. Yeah, no, I agree. I think she's excellent in anything, and if it can showcase her talent of like, being able to act and sing, like I'll watch it for sure. So, or go see it. I don't know how they'll do that. I don't really know how musicals work these days. I guess there are movies now too, or always have been, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, could be good. Oh, tonight's movie. Hold on. I need to like, pull are you gonna up. let him in? I don't know. Is he back? I don't know. He's not back yet. His icon will pop up on my screen if he's here. Um, what am I looking for? This. Tonight's movie is The Vagrant. It's about a paranoid yuppie. He buys a house, and then he gets terrorized by a homicidal vagrant from across the street in a vacant lot. However, the yuppie is so disillusional that he might actually be the real murderer. You'd have to watch it and see. It's got Bill Paxton, Michael Ironside, as well as the twisted character actor Marshall Bell, who plays the deviant coach in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, as well as the mutant leader Quato in Total Recall. But, you know, I kind of feel like I'm not going to necessarily do a traditional spoiler alert this time, Jordan. What I'm going to do is just say, like, I feel like this is like a hidden gem, you know? Like, I would rate Vagrant as like a hidden gem. So I think the audience could probably guess which way I'm going to go later on with my rating system here. But, um, if Dave, if Dave is back on the program, it's been two weeks in a row that his camera doesn't want to cooperate. <laughs> oh, man. It's almost like, Dave, we thought you got lost in thought, and you were thinking just so hard about whether or not, you know, Jon Snow <laughs> should have a sequel show. Or, it, What are your thoughts on the uh, the Joker musical? 
Um, I don't know. That could be interesting. I'm just, I, I, I gotta be proof. <laughs> it's gotta prove itself to me and not, it has to prove itself to me. I don't know what to think about that yet. Uh, um, then bringing on Lady Gaga kind of brings some, you know, something interesting to it versus somebody else. But um, I don't know. I mean, I like the first Joker okay, but I wasn't like the hugest fan of it. But Stay tuned, folks. We'll be like back in 40 seconds. Dave will be back with his uh, dangerous uh, details of this movie. Tonight's movie is a vagrant. We'll be right back. Get your list ready, Dave. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. time the theme song to crack and open my own can for real at the same time it cracked open but not exactly simpatico it didn't exactly line up but i tried folks i tried to do it for you so you could see a real can popping on screen um david you got some dangerous deadly details about the vagrant that you want to share with everybody listening or watching at home i do oh but time out by the way Jordan totally pulled anchor for you about 10 seconds ago when you just decided to leave the show to go play Uno and then come back. <laughs> well, thank you. Did you win the round? No, because I was playing by myself. It's hard to play Uno by yourself. Uh, Actually, you can. It's on your phone uh, now. Uh, that's true. Um yeah, so some vaguer facts. Uh, director Chris, Wa- Chris Wallace is mostly known for special effects, having done the Nazi head, mel- head melting scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark, created the Gremlins in The Gremlins, <laughs> and uh, won an Academy Award for the best makeup for The Fly. So he's got a bit of a pedigree there. Big time makeup guy. Big time. Yeah, very big. Um, this was actually his second movie as a feature after directing the fly Two. uh, unfortunately this would be his last for 30 years until he came out with a documentary called gremlins, a puppet story in 2020. Although I couldn't seem to find it streaming anywhere, Hmm. which sucks. Um, the writer Richard Jeffries actually got the idea for this story, uh, because of a vagrant living across the street from where he, his apartment, um, Mm -hmm. it took him like 10 years to actually get this script produced. So, um, it's, something he had experienced himself for a while um so i don't know if this is going to come up on anybody's list um it's not a slash but um the swat team scene uh took three days to film and they had to set up 1500 squibs it took about uh one minute to film and it only lasts 10 seconds in the movie so that's a lot of setup, <laughs> a lot of setup for a short scene oh man but Crazy. i think it's worth it i think it's worth it um Mostly known for comedies, Mel Brooks actually produced this movie. Uh, this was one of four movies he horror movies he produced. Uh, two of them, of course, being The Fly and The Fly Two. So you know, you think of Mel Brooks, you think Spaceballs. Uh, you know, maybe Robin Hood and the Tights. You don't think of it this. So that's the facts. So I guess <laughs> going to favorite slashes. That's okay. Yeah, favorite kills. My favorite slash was Judy the realtor. I loved seeing her like feet and face in the refrigerator. 
I didn't want to take like the most obvious one. So I thought Judy died. I liked her character too, because she's a little freaky, a little aggressive, totally wants him, and then obviously she ends up dead. So what better way to break into a new house that you just signed for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, kudos him for having a little bit of a little bit of um I don't know, standards or like uh restraint, maybe. He had some oh, some restraint, some uh some discipline. Because he doesn't accept her first offer, right? Right. Because yeah. you're right. She comes on to him, like, as soon as right he... Away. Yeah. But I can understand. Like, she's celebrating. She just sold the house, man. We don't know how long that was on her docket to sell. You know what I mean? Gotta celebrate. Yeah, especially being across from a vagrant. I'm sure it took her a long time to sell it. But, yeah. I mean, he had E.D. as his, like, lady friend. And then... Hmm. uh Obviously, she was like, I'm out. You're crazy. So, yeah, Judy. Judy was my favorite kill. What about you, Dave? Dave's gone. And he's frozen. <laughs> I could say it for him. I'm just kidding. Oh, you think you know what his favorite kill is? Well, I felt like the obvious one is, and I don't know if I want to say it because I want to give him an opportunity before he gets back, but poor Dave. Yeah. Do you want to wait till he's back? Do you want to say yours, John? Uh, sure. I'll go with my favorite kill. Sorry, folks, we're having technical difficulties. I don't know. Dave's computer has been giving him a run for its money the last couple of weeks. Um, so send your donations now. We'll buy Dave a new microphone or a new computer. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're right. It shouldn't happen to a show this large, and I'm freaking out inside. But I'm going to keep the show going because the show must go on. But must just know, folks, I am freaking out. Okay, um, my favorite kill. I like the showdown with the detectives. Actually, in the weird, like, do they run into a some kind of like Egyptian gift shop or something? You know what I'm talking about? Like towards the end when they're being chased in the highway sequence is like a gas station, but then it has some weird kitschy like. Um, it was called ripping. like Dawn Something Stillborns. Like it House it of was Mysteries like, or something. How, yeah. yeah, it was like the weirdest name that was like one of my favorite things about this whole movie where the names Did yeah yeah know? all the names were kind of zany right yeah, yeah. like ralph barfus that is <laughs> yeah detective barfus yeah, yeah. <laughs> graham krakowski like he's like yeah like you're saying he's like graham cracker yeah exactly yeah. you're in the like that's exactly it and like i don't know if that's um you know mel brooks's influence because Again, this is like one of the only horror movies produced by Mel Brooks, right? Legendary comedian, comic filmmaker, has one of like his films are filmed with zingers and also those types of like double entendre names, right? Like mm-hmm. these are goofy names, like they must be on purpose or for a reason. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it's unique for that. I mean, like Dave, I was Barfus. saying, <laughs> yeah, Barfus. Like I was saying, my favorite kills are probably with the Detective Showdown and like the House of Mysteries, like Ripley Believe It's Not, like Roadside Attraction there, like towards the chasings at the end. Right. Um, I mean, every kill is, is funny because, like, gosh, like it's not, there's not a lot of bloodlust because a lot of stuff happens off camera, and then you see like the after effects. But that's cool because for like the first hour or so. It could all be in his head. Like you don't actually register whether the vagrant's like a real person, or if this guy has just like lost his marbles at work and like broke under pressure 
and he's just doing all this stuff while he's sleepwalking or like whatever's going on in his house. And then the house starts to break down. And like Jordan said, she loves the dead body in the fridge, but it's like, there's holes in the wall. There's like old food wrappers in his bed. There's like, he clearly had more hookups than we saw in the movie. Like he did hook up with the realtor and he had that girlfriend that came down from out of state or whatever, but there's like laundry and stuff all over the house. So it, I mean, the guy is like having like a second life at night, you know? So you kind of figure like, well, maybe he is, has created this whole other vagrant that's like really in his mind. You know, it's not really there. You know, like the dog that told that Sam shooter or whatever, like, Summer of Sam guy to kill people like the dog wasn't real. You know what I mean? Like maybe the vagrant isn't real, but also the vagrant is like monstrous. Nobody's mentioned like the the monster. Like he doesn't look human. He's like decayed. Like he's like a person that has like somehow chemically broken down and his body is rotting away. So he looks more like a monster than a human, which also suggests that maybe it is psychosis. Like he is hallucinating that this guy is there because the way he looks, and then like. Everybody else is just kind of like, eh, it's just some guy. <laughs> like nobody like, no, look at this guy. Like he's he's like a monster. Um, but again, like, like I, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I mean, it um, almost feels like he's a. I don't think it's a PC term anymore, but like I don't know uh, how else to say it. Forgive me if I say the wrong thing. Gypsy. He he feels like uh, one of those old movies where you cross a gypsy and they're going to ruin your life. That's kind of what. This movie felt like to me in parts. Uh, no, if you cross a gypsy, they're going to turn you into a werewolf, David. That's what that other movie taught us. Guaranteed. Right. Almost like bringing on a curse, like a curse onto the house, right. a curse onto his life. Yeah, totally get that. Because this movie goes like it, it like it feels like it feels like it changes lanes every 30 minutes. Like for 30 minutes, it's the paranoia thing. Then 30 minutes, it becomes a murder or like a, a, sla- a straight up slasher movie. Then the last 30 minutes go in a whole different direction <laughs> like it just keeps reinventing itself every i think every it's so evenly often. pieced until like the last half hour or so like the obvious break is where there's the time jump and he's hiding out in the trailer park and he's yeah. growing a mullet and then he's wondering if he's killing the people at the trailer park because the vagrant has followed him or am i still the killer or whatever um, yeah. Well, I guess I never got to give my favorite slash, or did because no, I'm assuming we just jumped up. That's where we're at. We're just we're talking bullshit around oh, it until you actually sorry. deliver it, David. I did, well, I was waiting for a cue because I was gone for so long. Uh, my favorite, I, I just thought because <laughs> oh, there's only one actual slash we see on screen, so I won't take that. But um, I'll, and it's not even a slash from the killer. I'm gonna say the guy's mom dying because it just kind of came out of nowhere, and that mm-hmm. led to another series of events like. <laughs> Like his mom can't even die peacefully and his life go right. Just like everything has to go wrong. Like his mom can't just die. His mom has to die and fall out of the casket and yeah, all this so other crap that happens. When um, she's narrating it and like mom's fallen down all the stairs from the uh, gurney. I thought that was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Had me laugh. I thought that's what you guys were talking about with the comedy. Cause I mean, there is a lot of comedy sprinkled in through this, um, which loved it. I thought so the most we... obvious one was Lieutenant Ralph Barfus when he gets like stabbed with the chair. I just yes, like, that... That, yeah. As far as slashes go, that's definitely my tops. But I assume somebody else is going to take that because it's the one that stands out the most, anyways. So, what do we rate this, Jordan? I mean, it's a scream now for me. I would tell yeah. like everybody to watch this. I loved the set design and like the makeup was disgusting. It did get pretty goopy there too when the vague <laughs> like falls. 
at the end into that pit of cactus, like cacti, it was, yeah, I liked it a lot. Scream now. Um, this is one I thought I was going to come in scream later, but the more I've had time to sit and think about it, the more I like this movie. So it is a scream now. If you don't like it immediately, just let it sit in your brain for a few. Um, Cause this movie keeps going in different directions. Like I said, I really liked it. I don't, you know, it is definitely a different kind of slasher movie. Um, so yeah, scream now, John. So when I came across it, I was hoping it was going to be everything I wanted it to be. And it was, it's definitely a scream now for me. It's the kind of horror movies that I look for. It's the kind that I would make. And I was like, it was 50, 50 flip a coin where I knew if you guys were going to go on the ride with me or not, like it could all be in my head. How's how ridiculously good this movie is. But also I feel bad for it because like it literally is a box office flop. Like it made no money. It cost him like a bunch of money to make it. And that's, it probably killed his career as a director anyway. Yeah. Uh, basically yeah. nothing specifically says that, but I mean, but I mean, it like cost 9, like nine. Yeah. I was going to say it made like $9,000 and it costs like 9 million to make. So it's like, you know, those aren't even, but what's funny is like, I feel like, our age group or like the audience now is so sophisticated that they would want a movie like this now, maybe not when it came out, but this is something they would be clicking through, you know, their Netflixes or Hulu's or HBO Max's, And like, they might be looking for something like this, like now, because they've seen the, all these Friday the 13th, they've seen the remakes and like, they've seen movies that try to scare you, like really scare you take torture horror porn really seriously. And they're like, what's else is there? Besides all these 200 movies in the horror spectrum, you're like, wait a minute. This guy's in a house and he's being pestered like Home Alone with a guy from across the street. But there's actually blood and gore and some sex. Got to throw in the lovemaking. It's, it's got to be there. Uh, speaking, of Home Alone, did you, <laughs> speaking of Home Alone, did you see the tagline on the video cover? No, I didn't see the video cover. What does it say? If you go, if you go look at the video cover, they clearly... Uh, they have Bill Paxton with his hands on his face like another movie, and the tagline is, he's not home alone. <laughs> it's like pretty clearly... good. It's pretty good. Um, Just that yeah, this picture. Is, this, is, this deserves to be a cult movie, but I, I haven't heard anybody really talk about it until you brought it up. I think I've heard about it, but yeah. not heard about ta- anybody talk about it. Right. It's like, I hope this is the episode with... that somebody like it catches on. People go to Tubi and watch it <laughs> in hordes. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. It's just a lesson. Don't judge a book by its cover because when you sent me the image of like what we're watching this week, I was like, okay, what are these guys doing to me? I, this, might be it. <laughs> this might be it where I'm I, like, okay. I can't wait for that episode title. Like I'm hold, withholding this title. That's like the movie that broke Jordan. Like that's going to be the name of the episode when we finally get to that movie. But oh, we'll get like, there such a pleasant surprise so much fun watching it i was like laughing it was like gory where i was like Ugh, but it was yeah everything you could ask for so i'm glad uh bill paxton got to make movies as an actor after, the, after this one too because <laughs> it could have killed his career too you know you never know uh, i mean i think anybody well first of all nobody saw it so i don't think he would have killed his career that uh-huh. way. uh um, say? So funny. I was going to play for fan service. I was going to play this voicemail that we got from a fan with her review of uh, the Fear Street movies, but it has too much of the um, movie in the background. You know, like you can hear the music and the voices from the movie. So I'm not going to play it, but she didn't like it. But let's get Jordan's opinion on okay. 
as like a staff pick um, because you did actually watch the Fear Street movie, right? Even though you didn't get to participate last week. So yeah. So let's get up to speed and let's find out what Jordan thought of the Fear Street movie. I think if you want to watch something with like a trendy cast, because like there's a bunch of kids from obviously Stranger Things in there, then it was a fun watch. I loved it. I thought I really liked like the idea behind these haunted characters kind of chasing this one person down based off of the witch and thought that was cool with all the different murder characters. Mm-hmm. And then again, like the useful <laughs> murder weapons in the kitchen just was like super surprising. My favorite kill was I had to get a correction from you, John, that it was a bread slicer, but <laughs> I was like, Holy cow. That was, that was the graphic one for me. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, I like it. I would say, you know, scream now to people who want to watch just something fun. And with people who are like in popular things that we're watching right now. So. It's good. I feel like it does. It references a bunch of slashers. It is kind of like, if you wanted to watch one movie that kind of gave you a feel of like what the genre can offer, then like, I think fear street can do that for you. Um, And I was surprised that the fan didn't like it. I was like, I haven't met anybody that has, that many negative things to say about it. We had fun watching it. So I actually well, liked it, it the second time around than the first time. Well, it was interesting. I know you didn't play the recording, but like they liked the second, I think they didn't like the first one because they liked the second one so much better. So like turned that one into a bad movie for them. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll Well, they were saying they wished it actually went in chronological order, but that wouldn't make sense for the time travel stuff. Right. For the third one. So spoiler alert there's time travel yeah, you, you can watch it in the, uh, any order you want on netflix yeah go ahead watch it in reverse order if you want there's three of them um where are we at oh I guess any other movies we want to mention no probably we're getting kind of long on time uh um, so i don't know that's it summary of summer slash it came and went no <laughs> actually i hope what dave said is true that people listen and then they go and watch the vagrant and they can they, tell us tell us whether you think it's BS or a hidden gem or whatever, whatever else you want to tell us. And then I'm excited because we're going to do a genre that we haven't touched on, which is like fantasy movies. And David knows in like my top 25 movies, at least 10 of those are fantasy related. But Mm. we like to poke fun at David about how much he loves anime. He really doesn't, but we always say he does it every (laughs) year. Like, get ready. It's another anime, David, which you love. Same thing with fantasy movies. Like, Dave claims he likes fantasy movies. And he mentioned, like some. yeah, the fantasy movie that everybody watches, like oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like that's that's everybody has seen that one. But uh, Legend, <laughs> ooh, Legend, which version? Director's cut or theatrical? Mm. If they could put the Tangerine score in the director's cut, then it'd be perfect. Oh, ultimate edition, huh? Guys. Um, I think I'm finally mature enough to watch those movies, but mainly it's because I am practically narcoleptic and I am not going to watch anything where I fall asleep and I wake up and I fall asleep and I wake up and it's still playing. So that was the last time I tried Lord of the Rings and I have not seen a single one. You know, in all fairness, I, I will I will defend you on that, Jordan, because it took me a while to actually appreciate them. I did the same thing when they first came out and I the same did the same thing. <sighs> I don't yeah. know why the the last I watched it over Christmas break a year or two ago, and it got better with age. So I don't know. Give it another shot. I am and, willing and to do it. Like and I love it. Watch it like a miniseries. Maybe watch an hour or two at a time, and then stop. Come back to it later. 
because that's kind of what I did too. Watch it like a Netflix series. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I could do it in one sitting. So I'm going to definitely do it again because I would say fantasy is one of my favorite genres to watch and read and, and all the things. So I'm excited to get those in the list someday. But yeah. So folks, come back next week. We're going to kick off our Quest for Movies Fantasy Movie Month. David may take a vacation instead, but Jordan and I will be here talking about unicorns and magic fairies and death spells and everything else. Blood and gore and passion. Everything a fantasy movie has. Um, Tonight's episode was brought to you by Eddie. We'll go to a brief message from them, and then we'll be back to say goodnight. Look, we've all heard of Netflix and chill, but sometimes it's not that easy to chill when you're dealing with ED. That's why there's Eddie, a revolutionary device designed to help with symptoms of erectile dysfunction. Designed by urologists, Eddie is an FDA Class 2 medical device that has been shown to help men increase intimacy levels with their partners. If you're looking for an easy way to boost your confidence in the sheets, give Eddie a try and put your performance anxiety to bed. Right now, you can save 20% on Eddie. Go to buyeddie.com forward slash binge watchers and use that code binge20 for 20% off. Fast forward your way past performance issues and try Eddie today. Again, that's buyeddie.com forward slash binge watchers and use the code binge20 for 20% off. Try Eddie today. Hello. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with fantasy movies. Anything to add, David? Um, go check out the Vagrant. Get the numbers up on that. Plug in that number hard. We want to make sure that they go into the black sometime this year, even though it's been 30 years. Of... I don't think they made it. That... No. There's, there's like maybe like a handful of people that know about that movie. I wonder I, if I, I, what, yeah. remembers that he produced it. Probably not. The guy's like 90. All right, before his 97th birthday, let's make sure that we get profit up on this movie, David. It's your job. Are you going to buy and release The Vagrant on 4K? You buy the rights? Uh, I think Shout Factory or Scream Factory has that one under their belt. So Those bastards. I know they have the (laughs) Blu-ray. Go check it out. Any Uh, nasty last comments, Jordan? Ooh, sassy last comments. No, just yeah, go watch the vagrant. It was it was a good one. So favorite one in the series. <laughs>